you don't have to be aware or cognizant of anything until shucks uh, when you pick your subjects in grade nine grade ten because mm-hmm. before that you're just a floating butterfly carefree with no consequences whatsoever now what does that do that builds up a sense of immunity within yourself to know ah man i've gotten away with this i've gotten away with that you know i could leave my dish in the sink or something like that and i wouldn't get in trouble but the same wouldn't apply for my female counterparts in the same household and this is just one of the many examples that you see that we are raised and indoctrinated in and it's just like you get this aluminium chest where you know nothing can penetrate you because you know man i can get away with it and out of that out of that that's when you get comfortable in rape culture because you know oh man it's just it's just boys talk we're gonna get mm. away with it nothing ever happens out of it mm-hmm. you know and you don't realize how many years have gone into making the monster that you are right now Welcome back to my channel. <laughs> I'm only joking. Welcome to your favorite podcast of all time, Sakina Speaks. My name is Sakina Ishabani. And as you very well know, I'm your host doing the absolute most on your favorite podcast of all time. I know you guys were a bit taken aback by that, but I mean, I need to spice things up a little bit. Speaking of which, um, that's why I, I basically broke the ground of 2021 with a very thought-provoking, very challenging series of episodes, which I'm going to be continuing today um, with an additional topic that's definitely going to ruffle your feathers. I'm speaking about rape culture. I hope, at least, that you guys are not overwhelmed with these topics. I think it's very, very important that we start speaking about these things more and more and more because we need to get to a point where we stop speaking and start acting but how are we going to act if we do not know where exactly to target and what exactly the root cause is so this is exactly what this is about and what this is for again Sakina Speaks is a platform for having the hard-hitting conversations exposing the elephants in the room you know the ones that are taking up too much space in society and suffocating us all now without further ado I always have for these amazing fire conversations uh, and even more, like you're so you're so cool. I didn't even know how to describe you. <laughs> um, yeah, good play. <laughs> this is my amazing, amazing childhood friend. Childhood, I'm speaking high school, and he's just always been a, an amazing character that has featured in very interesting parts of my life. And I'm very, very grateful that even so long after high school we are still friends and he's going to be joining me to discuss this topic that he's extremely passionate about and that he knows so much about you know not even on a professional level but on just a humanitarian I need to be a part of the change kind of level so today guys we will be speaking to Teboho. Teboho, please do come on and give us a little flavor um that was a beautiful intro, by the way, man. You need to teach me how to do that. That was, really? that was amazing to witness. Um, good evening, Sakina. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Um, I just feel like the the tiny conversation we had before this really brightened my mood up. I'm I'm actually really great. Thank okay. you. Okay. I'm 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 excited. I'm happy because that means that you fired up and that you're gonna give these people value for their time. 
no pressure though right <laughs> <laughs> no pressure of course of course but um no man i'm glad to be i feel like this is such a beautiful topic to speak on beautiful in the sense that uh the fruits that will come out of this conversation will hopefully hopefully change a life or two man yes. um mm-hmm. there's information to be shared but yeah like i said i'm glad to be here Doug. thank you okay let's get into it so rape culture guys i have to obviously start with the facts and the fact of the matter is that according to Marshall University's Women's Center, this is how they basically define rape culture. Rape culture is an environment in which sexual violence against women is normalized and excused in the media and popular culture. Rape culture is perpetuated through the use of misogynistic language, the objectification of women's bodies, and the glamorization of sexual violence, thereby creating a society that disregards women's rights and safety. Where do you think the root of rape culture basically lies in society? And I know that's that's quite a a loaded question. I feel like that definitely was a loaded question. So we'll try to break it up into small segments, Mm -hmm. right? I just feel like the biggest problem with rape culture is that it's not really recognized as a problem until it's too late, right? Um, Like you said, rape culture sort of forms the foundation on which gender-based violence mm-hmm, can mm-hmm. you know exist in it's so it forms the foundation you know the extremities of what violence can become lives in and the roots the roots are so intertwined into like our day-to-day lives that it's sort of hard to differentiate between rape culture and the culture that we grew up in and our ethnic culture and yeah. every other you know cultural scene that you could find yourself in and i think that's the biggest problem with rape culture that we have today it's so hard to spot it's so hard to identify that if you were to point it out you'd be trying to point out you know what is woven into people's lifestyles what is mm-hmm. woven into people's identity to a certain extent so yeah that's, that's a pretty big question based on what you've basically said it's basically integral to to our culture and it's like become so normalized it's it's basically everyday life within everyday life in some way or another then how did you personally realize that there indeed is like a toxic culture you know within our culture about the way we go around mostly about the way men speak about women and and just deal with them in general and and I hate the fact that you know this is how I came to come to terms with you know reality. Um, a very close friend of mine was a victim of gender-based violence. Uh, yeah. Oof. And you know when she started talking to me about it, she was explaining how you know it happened and how you know it came to be and whatnot and whatnot and whatnot. Yeah. And then I quickly realized that oh my goodness, you know, as heartbroken and devastated as this girl was, she knew for a fact that if she were to go to the police station, she wouldn't get help. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the way our current society is structured, it is structured in such a way that in order for you to prove that, you know, you've been a victim of something, you need to have a thousand and one reasons, plus evidence, plus proof, and this and that, and this and that, and this and that. And mm-hmm. then the burden of proof, therefore, lied on her. And it was just so defeating to her, you know what I'm saying? And it was really painful to see that, you know, this person that had been basically stripped of her womanhood yeah. had to further put herself back together to try and go roughage for some sort of dignity it was just Mm -hmm. it was just so horrible and out of that you know I started having conversations with my male friends and I quickly realized that you know the problem with what we have in society isn't what you get to see it's the things that you really overlook let me give you an example for one you know the term that people use to refer to women as yes yes it's a cuss word you know on a lighter note on a broader view of things you can think oh my goodness no it's harmless I hear it in my music Mm -hmm. I hear it in you know how comedians speak on tv and 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 but 
it's because we're willing to overlook such things that it is so much easier to accept and accommodate for the bigger things. You understand what I'm saying? And out of this, that's when I realized, crap, dude, Mm -hmm. we don't have a GBV problem or a rape problem. We have a rape culture problem that is so intertwined and so deeply woven into people that you can't even call it a rape culture problem. We have a people problem. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, that's that's how I got into getting my eyes open when it comes to this stuff. Now on a on a more personal level, give us a like a brief overview of your your locker room talk experience cuz locker room talk actually plays a very big part in rape culture. And I think it's not restricted to the locker room anymore in in the way that we see it nowadays. You know, it's kind of like your everyday thing. And we're going to touch on on how personally like the music industry and the entertainment industry really like propagates this culture and this toxic behavior but like just shed some light on on some of your your locker room talk experiences that's a, that's a interesting one i love the term locker room talk because i don't really play much sports but <laughs> um locker room talk basically for those that might not know applies to you know the general conversations that men have with each other in confined spaces and i can guarantee you more often than not it's about women yeah right and women form the central points of so many of these conversations and i hate to admit the fact that the outcomes of these chats are never really positive you know it starts off with uh hey dude i saw you were talking to this girl yeah 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 you like her then another guy will chip in and say yeah you know what? i don't blame me she has a fat ass something like that yeah you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and just like that you've reduced this woman from a person to her physical appearance Right. Mm-hmm. And this locker room talk then forms the foundation on which men continue to degrade women. And for them, it doesn't necessarily come off as a degradation. It's a, yeah, no, she's cute. She has a better this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's cute. She has a better that. And, you know, the more you engage in these conversations, you quickly realize that women are slowly but surely being reduced, like I said, to their body parts. And, you know, the value of a woman shifts from her inequalities to, nah, she has better looking lips, therefore mm. she's better. Or I heard she puts out, so she's better. I heard she does this, so she's better. Yeah. And, you know, it's actually quite disgusting for being completely honest because these guys would never let such a thing fly if, for example, the topic of the conversation was their sister. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really such a, it's so weird to realize or to see how these guys are so overprotective about the women that are in their personal lives, but are so open and comfortable with, you know, bringing other women down and it's just like dude it doesn't make any sense exactly Mm. is it also like a facet of rape culture the fact that guys only a lot of the times sorry for generalizing a lot of the times guys only take like a, a gbv problem or situation or crisis to heart when one of their female relatives or somebody that they have some sort of relationship with within their lives is involved in it yeah, yeah, I think I think it definitely is. And you know what the problem with that is? And I think the, the issue with whenever guys, uh, more often than not, you see guys, you know, speaking up on GBV and this and this and this and that. Yeah. Um, whenever they speak up on GBV and stuff like that, it really, it boils down to not them caring about GBV per se, but caring about how a person that they loved was, you know, raped or abused or mm-hmm. this or that. And the reason why it's so hard for, guys to get up and to take a a stand and form a barrier against this thing on a much larger grander scale is because there's a very horrible lack of empathy 
Mm-hmm. It's a very horrible lack of empathy with from the male community towards the female community. And in that gap, in that lack of empathy, that's where these horrible things can happen. And guys don't necessarily call each other out. But when it's someone that's close to you, when it's someone that's at home, you care about this person because you know them, right? And out of yeah. that, you're able to say, oh my goodness, I can't believe that's happened to you. And I just feel like if we as guys were able to shift from where we are now to having the same amount of care for a random woman that we met in the mall or, you know, a woman walking down the street to care as much, you know, about them as we do uh, our siblings or sisters, cousins and aunties. I think that's when we'll start seeing a real change. But for as long as you're not affected by it until it affects you, we're not going to get anywhere as as a people, as a nation or, you know, as a gender. Absolutely. But I mean, where does that lack of empathy come from? Because... I mean, clearly there's, there is some empathy within men. It's not to say that um, they're completely heartless or anything like that, because when it does come to someone that's close to them, well, they show up and they show up hard. But how do you, I almost want to say like, how do you sleep at night? Like, how are you that comfortable to not empathize? And of course, I mean, you're not forced to empathize, but the point is where, where is the, yeah. the humanity when it happens to someone that you're not directly or indirectly connected to? Um, I think that, see this is such a it's such a big chat i'm trying to break it apart and uh, Mm -hmm. i'm afraid that it's not going to come off as um influenced as i'd want it to i think it's an ignorance chat i think it's definitely an ignorant chat and yo i know this might get me into a lot of trouble but from what i've experienced now yeah um and the conversations that i've had with other men a guy can slap a woman right Mm -hmm. and be able to justify 10 different reasons why he did it yeah 10 different reasons and in his head He's 100% completely right, mm-hmm. right? He's able to justify why he would do A, B, and C. Oh, no, it's because she was disrespectful. Oh, no, it's because I'm the man of this household. Oh, no, it's because... And he'll give you all these reasons. And I've come to realize that guys don't see anything wrong with what they're doing. They don't see anything wrong with their actions. And they think that they are justified in what they're doing. And out of that feeling justified, out of that feeling so comfortable in your ignorance Mm -hmm. and that you're able to do something like that to a woman and not be moved by it and still be able to sleep at night see that's where our problem lies and trying to deconstruct this means you're gonna have to get it from the grassroots as in from toddlers right you're gonna have to get this and you start building these kids up and i think that's when we start seeing a change and the problem is that you can't expect to see a change <laughs> in toddlers when the same toddlers are raised in households by men that perpetuate GBV. Yes. And this is coming from a guy. You often feel, now this is me speaking, I feel often, you know, I feel like I have my hands tied because it's just like, how the hell do I get this point across? Mm. And I'm not even a victim of what's currently going on. Whereas, you know, you have women that are living this, that are actually going through this on a regular basis. And I can only imagine how, you know, women feel walking out at 9 p.m. fearing that, you know, they might be becoming another statistic. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it's mm-hmm. just like, it's a painful realization to come to. But um, I think it's an ignorance problem. I think the biggest issue here is that men aren't particularly, they haven't come to terms with the reality of what's currently going on. And there's a slim to slim to none chance that they ever will. Wow. Because I was about to ask, like, how do we address this ignorance? And I know you don't have all the answers and I'm not expecting you to have all the answers or for your answers to be law. But from like your experience, because you kind of have both sides of the coin down. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out because I personally, in my experience, have realized that men mostly listen to men or they listen to their mothers. But obviously in the GBV case, I mean, if you are 
a man that abuses women, chances are you don't actually respect your mother either. How then do we address that ignorance within small social groups? Because to make that large scale change, it has to start somewhere. It has to start in the locker room. What what kind of conversations then should be had in order to break this down? Because it's, it's going to take like small steps, but it's going to take a lot of them. So how do we start? Before I answer that question, I just want to point something out. Um, you mentioned that if a man can perpetuate GBV or do something horrible to a woman, chances are that he doesn't, um, what did you say? He doesn't respect his own mother, mm-hmm. right? That's not necessarily true. Which brings me back to, you know, the point that I mentioned earlier about empathy. This man could look at his mother and see, you know, the woman that was there for him when his father wasn't there. The woman that made things happen. And, you know, he's got this huge sense of admiration for her and he loves her with his whole heart. And then he could go out and do something like that to another woman. And it's just like, well, shucks, it's the Han I met at ABC when we were doing 345 and, you know, what happened, happened. But that's a tangent. How do we solve this? I think it doesn't necessarily start with the conversations that we have as gents. But if we were to have these conversations, I think the first thing that uh, you have to make a guy realize is the position of privilege that he's sitting in because, you know, he's a guy. Let mm. me let me put this into perspective, right? I have a younger sister. She's literally my best friend, man. We grew up together, obviously. Well, technically, she's my cousin. But she grew up with us, so <laughs> yeah. she's my younger sister. Two-year age difference between us. And for as long as I can remember, you know, she would get drilled about you know the way she behaves in the house more than I would. Uncles come over. She's what four, five. She's told to sit with her legs closed. You mm. know what I'm saying? Things like her bedroom was always supposed to be clean. Mine could have been messy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As we started growing older, you know, she learned to cook before I did, not because she wanted to, but she was expected to. You know what I'm saying? And what you quickly realize is that girls, especially, you know, I'm not sure if this is the same in other ethnicities but girls in black households are often raised in responsibility from a very young age Mm -hmm. you are taught to be responsible for your actions and therefore you are aware of the consequences of your actions a four-year-old doesn't know why they need to sit with their legs closed they just know that listen it is the instruction i have been given and i am therefore responsible to carry it out Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. now you grow up and as you grow up and i think you know, this is even mother nature taking a jab at this point. Women get their periods, you know, go through puberty. And it's just like, that's another thing you have to be cognizant of. And that's another thing you have to be aware of. And it's just like young girls don't really get to become girls. You know, they don't get to live in their childhood. And, you know, from the bed, you're responsible and you're grown, quote unquote. Now, what happens with guys is that you don't have to be aware or cognizant of anything until shucks uh, when you pick your subjects in grade nine grade ten because mm-hmm. before that you're just a floating butterfly carefree with no consequences whatsoever now what does that do that builds up a sense of immunity within yourself to know ah oh, man i've gotten away with this i've gotten away with that you know i could leave my dish in the sink or something like that and i wouldn't yeah. get in trouble but the same wouldn't apply for my female counterparts in the same household and this is just one of the many examples that you see that we are raised and indoctrinated in and it's just like you get this aluminium chest where you know nothing can penetrate you because you know man i can get away with it and out of that out of that that's when you get comfortable in rape culture because you know oh, man it's just it's just boys talk we're gonna get mm. away with it nothing ever happens out of it mm-hmm. you know and you don't realize how many years have gone into making 
the monster that you are right now. And I think, you know, this very long-winded example of what I just gave you is the first of many conversations that we as guys need to have is to say, listen, my boy, you need to acknowledge that there are two worlds right now and you live in the more comfortable one. And for Mm -hmm. as long as you're unaware of the difference in the worlds that we live in, the women that are living in the uncomfortable world are going to keep living in the uncomfortable world. So I think the first conversation we'd have to finally answer your question is, listen, we need to have a conversation about the position of privilege that we're in. And is there any role that women can play in facilitating this conversation or should they even be in a position where they kind of have to be a part of the solution? That's, uh, I think women, that's a tricky one to answer, hey? You know, one thing I can definitely tell you that, uh, one thing I'm solid in is that in order for progress to be made, it is not the role of the oppressed to bring about change because that rarely ever brings any tangible change unless of course there's bloodshed look at the wheels of history they were always lubricated by blood Mm -hmm. any major historical event had to be horrible for you know some actual consequences to come about and for as long as there is a peaceful approach to things there won't be much change. And let me give you a very practical and very beautiful example. Yeah. You know the hashtag men are trash, mm-hmm. right? Do you know where that came from? I'm just paraphrasing the story like very roughly. But I know, I don't particularly know exactly where that came from. But I, I know that the founders, the ladies who started the movement, basically started it to make men uncomfortable. Like the reaction that they got, which is that, no, we're not trash, whatever, whatever. That is exactly what what they wanted. It's to ruffle your feathers so that if you are trash, then it makes you uncomfortable and you kind of want to stop. Or if you aren't trash, then you make other men who are trash uncomfortable enough to want to change their behavior. Right, right, right on the nail. It's, it's a shock value thing. Right. You look at the shock value of what that hashtag has brought about. And I can guarantee you it wouldn't have been received by the same audience uh, that it was received by had it been uh, men that abuse women are trash or men that perpetuate gender based violence are trash. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have that shock value. And the sad truth and in this is that in order for it to be acknowledged as an actual problem or a thing, it had to include all men. And that's what started the discussion between men saying, no, I'm not trash. I'm not uh, abusing women. Well, shucks, but we don't clap at fish for swimming. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly how you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And out of that, you know, these conversations started coming about. So to bring me back to what I was mentioning earlier is that, you know, there has to be some sort of action from the oppressors. That would be the men, right? And now I'm not saying men that abuse, no men in general because for as long as you can go to sleep at night and uh, you know very well that you haven't done even the slightest bit to try and alleviate you know the ailments of women you're contributing to the problem because you're letting it happen in your position of privilege look at this for example south africa south africa has a horrible race issue Mm -hmm. right where black people were oppressed and in order for any sort of change to happen there had to be like a huge quote-unquote ruffling of feathers, yes. right? But nothing changed until the oppressors came to terms with the reality of the people that they were oppressing. Mm-hmm. And out of that, we had a change of government. You know what I'm saying? And out of that, we had a shift in power. And there was some kind of balance in the power dynamic. But I don't want to get into mm-hmm. how that went. But <laughs> yes. to bring me back to this point, there has to be, you know, an acknowledgement from 
men to say, okay, listen, dude, I think there's a proper issue here. And out of that, we need to start having discussions. Now, how do we move forward with that, but without a savior complex? What do you mean by savior complex? Don't we on, on the side of men? Yes, because, I mean, we've seen it happen even with the example that you gave. I mean, you know, we always speak about white saviorism, you know, when we're speaking about, you know, dealing with racism and everything. How do we then yeah. sort of eradicate this problem or work towards a solution on the men's side without them coming with this savior complex? Because women are not trying to necessarily be like saved. It's not a damsel in distress type of situation. It's a you guys need to stop your nonsense. And I mean, we're not trying to die anymore type thing. So how do we go about that? Sure. <laughs> I think, no, you're really throwing these at me, hey? And I'm just trying to, this is something that keeps me up at night sometimes too. I think with the with the savior complex, listen, number one, you need to, as a guy, be fully aware of your motives, mm-hmm. right? If you speak up on things like GBV so women can treat you better or as to be seen as one of the good guys or to you know and i hate the fact that this is a thing to try and get into a pair of panties oh my goodness my boy Mm. you've lost the plot and you are actually making situations worse because now the next time a guy speaks about this he's not going to be heard or taken seriously because you know of the actions that you've done and how you've actually made women's lives worse out of your actions but that's one thing number two asking for you know, men and and them not to turn this into I'm your saver type of thing. Yes. Means that you need to you need to dismantle fragile masculinity, which is a whole <laughs> other chat on its own. Yep. It goes without saying that the masculinity of men all over the world really is as fragile as can be. We have ego problems and I don't think we're even comfortable in our own manhood, right? Mm. So we often seek validation in you know, the things that we do. And I can't, I can't help but 100% believe that if, you know, we start having these conversations on a much grander scale with men, they're definitely going to turn it into them, into, into a thing about them. And you're going to shift the focus from, listen, women are dying to, hey, look at men are out here saving women. You know what I'm saying? Once guys can come to terms with the fact that, listen, I want to, like, we need to shift from, hey, today I saved a woman or whatever and then uh guys look at me pat me on my back for it to yo something horrible happened today shucks i'm glad i could help it no one needs to know because i don't do it for the approval of people yes you know what i'm saying it's kind of like have you have you seen how like some people pull out their phone cameras before they give food to the homeless Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're not doing it because you care about that person's you're doing it because you want to be seen as, you know, a good quality person. And for as long as that's our mentality as gents, we're not going to get anywhere. So with that, I think that's that's an inevitable thing to come out of, you know, back to what I said earlier, the fragility of the masculinity that we have as men. So is that also sort of the answer to, obviously in this, in this situation, men will most probably never be able to fully understand what women go through. The same way, I mean, it's it goes for basically every situation if you haven't been in a certain situation it's, it's kind of difficult so your empathy even though you can be empathetic it's quite limited in the same case then can men i don't know like do they have to sort of feel what a woman's i, I feel like i lost my train of thought but i feel like you get what i'm saying i get i get what you're saying i think we don't necessarily have to walk in women's shoes to acknowledge the pain that they go through we need to have a sense of humanity ubuntu mm-hmm. 
to say, listen, I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. I'm stopping this conversation because it is the right thing to do. Because I acknowledge the fact that if this can happen in my presence, Lord knows what could happen in my absence. Yes. And if I could plant a seed, I don't have to reform you in a night, but to just change the topic, right? And change your thought process. Then maybe, just maybe we could get somewhere with this. So yeah, just like out of the basic, and I mean bare minimum lowest requirements of being a human ubuntu that's when you know we can start seeing some change we don't have to experience it for it to affect us and i think that's the biggest problem that we have oh that's not the biggest it's one of the many big problems that we have right now that guys don't take it seriously unless it's too close to home you know mm-hmm. so yeah does rape culture actually negatively affect men as well mm. does it affect men yeah. um not necessarily rape culture but patriarchy does because it's rooted in patriarchy at the end of the day. Mm. Men love, and this is another problem that we have within the male community, fragile masculinity. You see, this is a thing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's such a comprehensive issue that if you were to try and take apart one piece, you would realize that I can't look at this as an encapsulated thing on its own. Yes. I can't, you know, it's linked to this and this is linked to that. So now you're looking at rape culture. You're looking at the culture that we have in, in, in society in general and how it accommodates for this thing. You're looking at fragile masculinity. You're looking mm-hmm. at patriarchy and so on and so on and so forth. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, patriarchy, uh, I mean, rape culture doesn't necessarily affect men, but it definitely 100% without a doubt, uh, patriarchy does. Let me try and explain that. So the general notion or idea or belief that women are, that women are below men mm-hmm. is you know, a a very loose definition of what patriarchy is. And it can be tied to religion. It can be tied to the discussions that are had in families, in communities. And it is just another problem that we'll get into in one day. But now this patriarchy, this patriarchy that we're living in, that we're raised in, that is perpetuated within society, affects men in the sense that it manifests in ways that aren't necessarily as obvious as how it affects women. Yes. Because the way it affects women is how you get into rape culture. And from that, you get to eventually rape and GBV. But within men, it's don't show emotion, right? Mm-hmm. As a guy, you're always supposed to be tough about things. As a guy, you're supposed to be this. So as a guy, you're supposed to be that. And it's out of these expectations that men are supposed to, you know, fit into and this image that they're supposed to uphold that are so backwards and broken mm-hmm. that guys don't really get to live because of what will people say if they see me do this or what will people say if they see me do that and out of that gents tend to feel frustrated and they don't even acknowledge it and they can't acknowledge it because they're so out of touch and out of tune with their emotions that getting into something like that becomes uh too feminine bro what's wrong with you what's going on with you Absolutely. and out of that frustration Gens don't know how to express their emotions. They don't know how to express their emotions. And now you're in a relationship with a woman and she's asking you what wrong, what's wrong and you can't explain. And uh, she says, no, clearly something's wrong because mm-hmm. she knows what's up. And this is just an example. She knows what's wrong. You say nothing's wrong. She asks again, you say, woman, you're bugging me and you throw her across the room. Mm. And where are we now? We're back to GBV. Yep. You get what I'm saying? It's not an encapsulated thing. And patriarchy definitely affects me. Because a man could rape his own daughter and then tomorrow he beats his son. And we are 
creating the supply for it. I mean, we were creating the demand for it. And out of that demand, we offer ourselves as the supply. You get what I'm saying? And you can cry and kick and scream that, oh, it's so unfair. But it's like shooting myself in the foot, Mm -hmm. loading another bullet, complaining how I'm still bleeding. And then I shoot myself again. I'm the problem. Yes. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And yeah. And the problem is that with, with patriarch is that the consequences are not necessarily like I said, encapsulated with, uh, with basically everything that I mentioned now. It's just that it affects me and out of it affecting me, I will affect everyone around me. Mm. Yeah. So it affects men. Yes, it does. That was that was a very beautiful explanation. And I think you've broken it down so well during during this episode in general. Unfortunately, you know, in closing, I just want you to to just unpack this little one. And I think it's it's a very big one, actually. It's not a little one, but I think we treat it as a little one and we always overlook it. And I'm so glad that you said it at the beginning of the episode even. And this is tied to the definition that I gave. And within rape culture, um, the objectification of women is, is a big thing, especially in pop culture. And that's what I want to get to. It's a very controversial statement, most probably. And for me, I just don't see how it makes sense. But the whole video vixenry, Right. I'm not speaking <laughs> against. I, you, can you see that? I, I, I know you're already like, oh, yeah. no, no, no. I'm listening. I'm but listening. I don't understand how. And I'm not saying the video vixens. This is not this is not about the video vixens, but the people that hire the video vixens and, and the role that they they want them to play and that they allow them to play within their music, etc. I don't see how you can say that you are an advocate for. I mean, you respect women, you know, you value women, you love women, but the display that you're constantly showing to society is one of degradation and one that totally speaks against that ideal. Like, just like you said, the the, the B word that is used so conventionally everywhere yeah. is now all of a sudden supposed to be a cool word that you can just use any time of day and whatnot. Um, it's used as a woman. Um, right? It's used in music all the time. Um, you get these, I hate this word. I actually really, really don't like this word. Han. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you get words like that. It's like, nah, I was with this Han and nah, 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 this and this. Um, you know, that B. And, and I'm like, it does not make sense to me how you as a human being, understanding the way we think and the way we work and the way our thoughts and, and our words affect our behavior and our actions is okay with using this word in this context with this connotation and then thinking that it's not going to somehow negatively affect your behavior or somehow negatively affect you or affect the way you see these women, you know, like what is your take on that? Yeah, you, know, you, you said quite a mindful thing, but I'll try to break it apart. Um, okay. I know, I know the video vixenry as that, as that a word, I'm not entirely sure. I know, I with, know, you know the video, with the video vixen side of things. That wasn't, you know, the main point of the conversation, but I think this is a beautiful time to highlight one very important, you know, factor. Mm-hmm. The hypersexualization that you see, you know, in today's media and today's, you know, culture. And I don't want to bring it into like a, I almost made this about religion because mm-hmm. that's where my, a lot of my views are based. But from a non-religious, completely objective, observant point of view, the yes. hypersexualization of woman that you see here is either a good thing or a bad thing based on the analysis of the root cause right yes if i for example out of my position of power take advantage of a woman in the sense that i know you need money hear me out i know you need money Mm -hmm. bend over and start twerking 
I'm going to throw some money over you. I've mm-hmm. reduced you to entertainment, nothing more. Mm-hmm. And once you look at how women have started taking hypersexuality and, you know, celebrating their sexuality and womanhood within this pop culture and modern day world and society that we're shifting into, you quickly realize that, you know, from a position of consent, women are not necessarily forced to do the things that they do. They do them because they want to do the things that they do. Yeah. And out of that, and out of that, it is no longer degradation. It is no longer a reduction of womanhood or this and that. It therefore becomes, and I know this might be a touchy topic to touch on, but it becomes Mm -hmm. a celebration of a woman deciding to say, listen, in the same way, and this is the truth now, we must acknowledge this, is in the same way a man parades his sexuality and oozes his manhood, I can do the same as a woman. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the method, uh, there's many ways to skin a cat. Some women will do it in one way, another will do it in another. But I just think it's very important to highlight the root cause of why women would be doing what they're doing, right? So yeah, I just think that's that was just a preface. And then further, um, how can you as a guy do a, B, C, D, and E, and this is just what you mentioned earlier on. As guys, I think it's very important to acknowledge, and this is me trying to summarize everything I said, right? I think mm-hmm. it's very important to acknowledge, one, uh, the positions that we're in, two, the consequences of our actions, and three, to have more honest conversations with women. And most importantly, it's just like, yo, hey, how do I read this? I'm struggling. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm really struggling. Um, You're doing so well. I, I'm really, I'm really struggling, particularly with the degradation of women. It's, it's just like, it's such a big thing that I'm, I'm really trying to place emphasis on what I'm saying here is that in your locker room conversations that you have as yeah. guys, in your banter that you have, in your chit-chats or comments that you make, about women is that you are laying the foundation Mm. you are laying the foundation for what will ultimately become rape and gender-based violence whether you acknowledge it or not because what starts off as the private conversation in the locker room gives you the confidence to say something like hey cutie that's a beautiful abc that you've got on you over there Mm -hmm. right and now you have made this woman feel uncomfortable. You've sexually harassed her. You didn't touch her. You didn't hit her, but you've sexually harassed her. And out of that, because there are no consequences of your actions, you grow in your actions, you grow in your activity, and you keep breaking women down. And ultimately, some guys will go for the... Let me tell you something that's so crazy. No guy wakes up in the morning and says, oh, today I want to rape a woman. Mm. You don't do that, right? But it's a gradual step thing. And you need to understand this is a beautiful visualization that I saw. Rape culture is like a pyramid, right? And at the very bottom, you have things like catcalling. Yes. And in the middle, you have things like violence. And at the very top, that's where you have your rape. And in order for the top of the pyramid to exist, the foundation has to be very firm, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it is imperative that we acknowledge that the more we don't talk about this, the more we let things slide, the more we keep reducing women to A, B, and C, is the more and the firmer the foundation becomes. And you, your intentions as a guy may not necessarily be to get to the top of the pyramid. That's your ignorance, buddy. That's your ignorance at play. But you need to acknowledge the fact that, listen, you are contributing to a problem that is much bigger than the both of us. Absolutely well said. Like, I am even more glad right now that I invited you onto the show because I think you've schooled so many people. I think you've addressed the ignorance and you've made people aware of exactly how grave this issue is and, and how much more seriously we should take it. So thank you so much again, Tebojo, for coming on. 
Ah, shucks. It's a pleasure, man. Um, I really appreciate the fact that I could finally make it. And um, yeah, I look forward to hearing this. I really do. I definitely look forward to sharing this. And with that, it's a wrap. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. I've been schooled. I know that you definitely are going to take something very valuable away from this conversation. And I know that it's just the beginning. I feel like we could have this conversation for years to come, but it has to start somewhere. And, and we have to continue this from here onwards. So I really do think share this conversation more than anything. Continue on it. Engage with me on social media. And let's let's hear what you have to say about this rape culture conversation. I know a couple of things, you know, um, said in this podcast were quite controversial. This is all about sharing your opinion, you know, making your voice heard and, and validating what you think and what you have to say. Please do connect with us on Instagram. That's Sakina Speaks underscore S-A-K-I-N-A-S-P-E-A-K-S. And of course, I'm going to um, put the Bojo's Instagram uh, handle in there as well. He is an overall sound guy. You guys have heard for yourselves. And I do definitely think that you should go on and follow him. You know, also, he's such a car enthusiast. And I think that is an understatement for the level of love and affinity that he has for anything with an engine but that is a story for another day i thank you once again to everyone that listened and i really do pray that we go much further with this conversation it becomes much more of a movement and it actually makes a great impact in society and changes people's lives there's nothing more for me to say thank you god bless you have an amazing day night or whatever the time may be on your side Sakina has spoken. 